script because, you know, we're talking about the state of the world. Jim and I have decided that perhaps we're both going to run for president. We don't know who's going to be the head of the ticket and who's going to be the, the VP. But, you know, just, just flip flop like your president. Yeah. Thank you very much for the uh, for the zinger. <laughs> anyway, we've decided that the party is going to be called the what have you got to lose? No, seriously, folks, what have you got to lose party? You might as well vote for us. Not, it can't get any worse. It can't get any worse. Seriously, folks, what have you got to lose? Consider middle-aged white men bitching for president. Watch your backs, man. Watch your backs. Welcome to the MWMB Network Podcast. This is your source for homemade rhetoric. I'm Alex Jeffries, filling the role of crusading liberal. Joining us through the magic of voice over internet protocol tonight is our favorite right-wing nutcase. We call him Dangerous Jim. Say hello to the folks, Jim. Wait a minute. Who calls me Dangerous Jim? Uh, I call you Dangerous Jim. Well, that's fine. Then hi, hi, Alex. How are you tonight? Well, welcome, folks, back to the uh, second edition of MWMB. Uh, before we get started, I, I, I wanted to say I took a little grief last week for uh, from a few people for using a pseudonym on this show, so I just wanted to offer a little explanation for that. Um, I didn't want it to be too easy to identify, because if they ever find out that I've given Jim a platform from which to speak, the Unitarians are going to become so angry that they'll come and burn a question mark on my yard. <laughs> And just and just so you know, I got grief last week, not for a pseudonym because Jim is my real name. That uh, they they said I was too excited and too excitable. So I'm going to be my uh, be my on my best behavior tonight and be calm and concise. I hope not too calm and concise because otherwise it's going to be like listening to fish rot on the dock, you know. But uh... <laughs> I I'm watching some grass grow right now. It's great. I love it. You know what, Alex? You know what's really got my goat this week? No, Jim. What's got your goat? We're going to have to put a goat sound effect in there this week. <laughs> What's got your goat this week, Jim? What's the vast right-wing conspiracy up to? No, no. It's it, the, the right-wing conspiracy. The true Americans, we're the ones fighting the the government takeover of, like, all of our lives. The, the nanny state wants to, to control yet another facet of our individual lives and... and I'm sorry, it's got me upset. What now? The nanny state, under the direction of Mr. Hope and Change there, they're taking over the distribution and the administration of federally guaranteed student loans. Yes. Now, now you, may, you may say that, well, of course, they're federally guaranteed. It, it comes from the federal government. But, but no, it, it, it didn't work like that. And, and it used to work pretty well. But n- now that... They have to take everything over. In, in what sense would you say that it worked pretty well? I mean, you know, we had a pretty high rate of default and, and whatever. All right. Well, let's back up for a minute. Um, we'll listen for uh, from a quote for from uh, Mr. Hope and Change as he describes his vision for what the student loan process should be and who he is going up against. We're also bringing much needed reform to the Pell Grants that roughly 30 percent of students rely on to put themselves through college. Now, some of you have probably seen how this proposal was greeted by the special interests. The banks and lenders who have reaped a windfall from these subsidies have mobilized an army of lobbyists to try to keep things the way they are. They are gearing up for battle. So am I. (laughs) That's a great line, huh? They will fight for their special interests. I will fight for Stephanie, 
and other American students and their families. And for those who care about America's future, this is a battle we can't afford to lose. Well, that, that's great, but now, now what, is he going to fire a couple more uh, cruise missiles? Uh, you know, he's, he's pretty good you at know, doing battle coming these days. From, coming, but maybe he ought to... Wait a minute, wait, 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 no, no, we're going to stop for a minute, either to fire some cruise missiles. You know, you guys have been making that joke since Bill Clinton, you know, and you were all upset about Bill Clinton using a bazillion dollar missile to take out a five dollar tent. I think that was the witty Republican soundbite we had to put up with. Well, then your guy gets in and starts two freaking wars, one of which I admit was justified. In my humble opinion, Afghanistan was justified, but the CIA should have had that wiped up in 18 months but no we gotta go to iraq and uh you know how much money did we spend there um anyway student loans we're, we're going back to student loans student loans, student loans. Now, now, now the president's talking about pell grants and pell grants yeah it's part of student loans but that that's an entirely different thing uh, a pell grant does not have to be repaid that's a government giveaway that's an entitlement that's that's separate which I'm all for having a child in college. You know, I will admit I do look for good rates, but it's it's the administration of it that that worries you know, me. I I, I got to tell you, okay, what you're arguing that if I if I understand you correctly, Jim, what you're saying is that the private sector, the private sector is um, better able to administer these loans than the public sector. Oh, I'm um, honest. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the private sector, you know, they're going to look whether it's a two-year loan or a four-year, you know, two-year loans have a bigger default rate than four-year loans. But they're going to look at that. They're what the look, heck is that noise, by the way? What noise? That shaky noise I'm getting there. You got like a copper bracelet on? Oh, that's the dog. Oh, all right. <laughs> Don't worry about it. He was just shaking his head listening to you talk about, uh, you know, and that's the, that's the tags there. No, Jim. No, no, Jim. Bite him. Bite him, Jim. Yeah, he's, he's, There's a Democrat down the well, Jim. Leave him there. <laughs> <laughs> Liberals, Jim. Liberals. We applied for federal loans this year. This is the first year we did it. And it, it was like applying for one of those, uh, you're guaranteed to get a credit card credit cards. You did it online and off it went. And, and they were handing out money to 18-year-olds with no credit history, with, with no jobs, like it's candy. And then and there's no real process to it. And, and they're claiming it's going to save us billions of dollars. Well, hold, 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 hold the phone. Hold the phone. Now, see, this is the problem. This is my problem with your argument in the first place. The private industries that you're talking about were already handing out loans like they were candy. Um, and the problem, as I see it, you know, this this whole vaunted private industry does such a better job than government. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Private industry is just as much of a big, bloated bureaucracy as the government is. OK, and so here's what I see that we change that that you're not addressing. Um, the federal government guaranteed these loans, okay? Private industry makes the loans, reaps the profit, and the taxpayer has to foot the bill whether the person pays the loan back or not. 
I do not understand why conservatives are up at arms. There's no real issue here as far as I'm concerned. What it really is is a lot of smoke, mirrors, and rhetoric to cover up the fact that, hey, we ain't making money on taxpayer dollars no oh, more. Oh, good Lord, Alex. Yeah, you know what? And they were better at collecting. They were better at evaluating risk. Uh, yeah, you know what? Okay, and just in my state, the, the, the state organization that used to uh, evaluate and handle student loans and find a, a package tailored to the, the parent and the, and the student together, they've had to lay off 60% of their workforce because they can no longer deal with these federal student loans. Yeah, yeah there's still little stuff out there, but they just put... I don't know how many people out of work. So somebody in Washington who, who's never even seen Vermont can make it make a decision. I mean, it makes no sense. It's a, it's a, it's just the government. Do we really want somebody in in Foggy Bottom there making the decision? And this is where we get to the crux of our main disagreement on this subject. I don't trust the folks at Wall Street to handle the situation intelligently any more than I trust the folks in Foggy Bottom. I mean, these people just drove us over an economic cliff. And who was it that had to come to the rescue but that big, bad old federal government? Now, we do away with a system under which the American taxpayer has to put up the money while these private lending companies reap the profits. So we take over the whole shooting match, which we have to do because you can't not send kids to college. We take oh, over God, the... here it comes. What about the children? <laughs> no, Jim. It's not what about the children. At the, <laughs> at, at the risk of being tagged as a bigot, I would say, what about the Chinese? Yeah. If we don't start doing a better job of educating our children and making sure that they can afford that education, this country is sunk, pure and simple. But we might be able to pull it out if we invest in education. And if you want a great example of that, look at India. In the 50s and in the 1960s and throughout the 70s, India invested heavily in education for its people. It invested money it really didn't have, to be honest with you. But that is paying off now. And if you don't believe me, buy a computer, wait till it breaks, and then call a helpline. You'll get somebody in India because that's where all the jobs have gone. Meanwhile, over here, we're still trying to put together these public-private partnerships where the partnership is the taxpayer puts forward all the money and private industry gets all the gains. That's not working. It's just it's just not working. You know, you know what I love about this country, Alex? You know what I love about this country? Well, hot dogs and baseball and grandmother and, you and know. bacon cheeseburgers, but I love the fact that everybody's entitled to their opinion. And that's what makes our podcast the symbol of true American values. That's right, because a couple of nobodies because can sit here and bore their friends for a grand total of 10 minutes. Because if you love the administrative efficiency of the Department of Motor Vehicles, you're going to be ecstatic over the student loan program. <laughs> and if you think that the good, kind-hearted folks at Wall Street have your best interests at heart, and you do decide to do away with that big federal government, I wish you the best of luck when you're standing in the breadline. 
brought to you by the federal government. I'm a soup man myself. <laughs> so we'll just we'll just agree to disagree with this one. I don't think the federal government's capable of running anything. But that's just, you know, that's my opinion. All right, Jim. I'm going to let you have the last word because, you know, the good news is I'm the editor. I am the liberal media. That means I can make you say anything I want after we're finished recording. <laughs> <laughs> that wraps it up for another episode of Middle-Aged White Men Bitching. About everything. I'm Alex Jeffries. And I'm, uh, wait a minute, was I Crazy Jim? I don't know. Oh, I think it was Dangerous Jim. Dangerous Jim. <laughs> we'll be back again next week for the five of you that are left. Thanks a heck of a lot for listening. Bye-bye.